it is Nicole. Howdy. And Mama Kay. Hello, everybody. And tonight we are doing Let Them All Talk. Let Them All Talk. It's our, I think, fourth Soderbergh film. Steven Soderbergh showing up on our thing again. I don't know why he shows up so much. Probably because he makes so many movies. But uh, Four, huh? Know. I can think yep. of this one and one other. What else? Let's see. Who can, who can name the other? I, I have the other three off the top of my head. Who, who can name them? I haven't the faintest idea. Well, I know that one <laughs> horrible, horrible... Horrible thing, uh, the the laundromat. That's right, laundromat. Oh God, help us! Um, <laughs> magic oh, Mike. Magic Mike. Yeah, Magic Mike. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's and the, the, the fourth third, one? The third one, well, fourth one. Now that you guys were on, it was a high flying bird. Jess and I did that way, oh, way back. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, let them all talk. Steven Soderbergh filmed on HBO Max. Uh, no, it's it's a 2020 movie. That's why we're doing it. But Moa K brought this to our attention by picking it second <laughs> overall in our films with the women draft. You can go learn more about that on my Instagram. Yeah, I did. Sticking with you picked all this of those in picks. the second. All you picked of it. The picks. <laughs> you picked this in the second round, and none of us had heard of it. Usually, usually Jess hasn't heard of it, but usually at least Nicole and I have. And uh, yeah, why don't you? What what drew your attention to this? Uh, okay. So there, you know, uh, going back to the fact that I hadn't seen most of the movies that I picked, I was like, okay, it's Meryl Streep. It's Steven Soderbergh. It's going to get some buzz. That could have been like really, really optimistic. So... It was interesting to go with yeah something you knew so little about in the again your second pick overall in the in the draft. I knew but, about. Uh... I knew what the storyline was, and and I thought, okay. Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was a horrible. Pick. I mean, I made some way worse picks than this. You did, but it was just a, it was the draft capital of a of a second round pick, so and that you could have taken this with your last pick, probably. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, I, I I obviously did not know anything about it going in, and I'm going to go ahead, Nicole. You you are in the same boat as I was. Or, sorry, the uh, same the same ship. Oh, I was on the same, same so ship as you. <laughs> yeah, because boat is very diminutive. Uh, let them yes. all talk. A famous author goes on a cruise trip with her friends and nephew in an effort to find fun and happiness while she comes to terms with her troubled past. I don't fully agree with that. but uh, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. That's a watch this movie kind of uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's, that's uh, the marketing team was like, I don't know how we sell this other than put Meryl <laughs> Streep's face on the cover. Like, I don't right. know what how, how we're going to get the casuals to watch this. And, uh, yeah, I understand that. But... That's not what Soderbergh. Soderbergh makes his own stuff. He's made like forty movies. He does whatever he wants. Meryl Streep, uh, a little before this, took twenty-five cents to uh, take this role. So clearly, just a, a for the arts role. Are you uh, the serious? The writer behind this. I'm serious. She took twenty-five, 25 cents, cents to do this. Interesting. Yeah. Her and Soderbergh have a good relationship. They they she likes she likes working with them. Uh, the the writer for this has never written a movie before. She's a seventy five year old woman who mostly writes like what news the fuck? stuff. <laughs> and the majority of this movie is ad libbed. Uh, most of the the Soderbergh took the story that uh, that she wrote. Uh, I, I guess I will credit the screen the uh, Deborah Eisenberg. So good for Deborah making her first that's, movie. That's the seventy five year late. old. Yeah, never too late. Uh, yeah, I and... like this idea. Uh, and like so she, yeah, she had she made the general outline, and then the actors ad libbed a very large percentage of their dialogue. And apparently, Soderbergh rolled around the set in a wheelchair, uh, doing most of the shooting himself. So I hate this you know. already. <laughs> if, you, if any of this sounds interesting to you, 
and you have HBO Max. Let them all talk is on there. So go check it out. If you have any interest, we're going to spoil it. I I feel like, Brennan, Brennan, this is what I feel like is happening right now, that you're totally, like, tanking on this movie because you know that it's going to do really well in the draft. Uh, hello 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 <laughs> we hello? rate things no? here at films with the women of my life based oh. on four criteria there's no those are the plots I, I don't like your odds it's the plots the characters the visual <laughs> and sound and the overall resonance and feel of the movie alice hughes is our main character that's meryl streep's character she's a pulitzer prize winning author she wrote a very big book called you always you never that is her best known work although she always harps on a different story as her better book as many writers do uh and she has a publicist who is trying to figure out what her next book is going to be about and she says it's going to be a sequel but it's going to be a sequel to the book that everyone wants to to be a sequel about or is it going to be to the book that no one cares about uh the the Literary agent is played by Gemma Chan. People might remember her from Crazy Rich Asians, among mm-hmm. other things recently. Uh, so Meryl Streep, she can't fly. Alice, Alice can't fly. Uh, we learn why possibly later. And so uh, she's going to go accept this award. And so to get to across the pond, as they say, uh, she's going to take a cruise. And they uh, she can bring a couple of people along. So she brings two of her oldest friends, old f- college friends, Roberta, uh, Candace Bergen, and Susan. That's Diane uh, uh, West. And Weist. they... Uh, Weist? 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 Weist. I thought you said Weist. And Lucas Hedges is Tyler, her nephew. Uh, And then Karen uh, also gets on the boat. So it's those five are your main characters. And it's a lot of talking in rooms on a cruise ship. Alice is writing her book as it's going along. Roberta is trying to find a a silver fox uh, to to make some money off of. She works in retail. She's a little money hungry. Yeah, Yeah, her life has not gone as according to plan. It looks like uh, we don't get a whole lot of Susan other than she's a kind of a peacemaker in the group she's the mom of a guy we meet in the beginning for five seconds uh karen's the uh, pub, uh, the literary agent and tyler and her, him tyler and her can't talk tyler and karen have a little bit of a thing going on uh, don't worry so, they talked but, enough for you in the movie i'll leave it there because uh, it's mostly just talking about stuff uh, okay what do you think of this plot okay so there's the plot of the movie and then there's the synopsis that you read two different things we've already decided um I think the plot of the movie is interesting and it could move along really well if they'd shut their fucking mouths for a little while. Um, maybe that should be the name of this movie. I don't know. I, I don't like let them mouth. talk. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Make that, them talk less. I'm going to tell you the, the problem with this movie from the get go is that maybe it has a plot. Maybe it doesn't have a plot because it really is a bunch of people just talking in an improvised format. Um, and when that happens, good things don't happen. I mean, I like improv as much as the next person, but not in this format. I want to see whose line is it anyway, if we're going to do improv. I don't want to see this. Uh, mm-hmm. So much talking, going nowhere, not moving the plot along, which the plot really is thinly, you know, these these women have, and it's really not the women, it's the Candace Bergen, Roberta, and uh, Meryl mm-hmm. Streep, Alice, the other Sadly, Diane Weistweist West is very um, underutilized, utilized poorly in this movie because she's a fantastic actress, I think. But it's their relationship and getting to the core of what happened when they were in, quote unquote, in college 35 years ago. First of all, these people were in college 
at least 45 years ago. I think it said 50. Didn't they say 50? 50 year old friendship? I thought it was 35, but if it's 50, that makes more sense to me. You're right. Somebody said they're 70, or yeah, the Meryl Street. I think someone says, said 50, which would make yeah. them, yeah, in their late okay, 60s, that, early okay. 70s. Not a beat. Okay, forget that part. I'm wrong. All, with, uh, all better. <laughs> all better. This movie is great. The plot was perfect, and they did a great <laughs> job at it. Um, I think it could have been if it actually had writing, because if you give a bunch of people loose ideas of what to say, and then I can only imagine whoever edited this. Did did Soderbergh edit it, too? Because... Yep. Well, I mean, uh, they're, they're Mary and Bernard edited it, but okay, that's he does sober, just like Peter Andrews is a cinematographer. He does all the editing and cinematography stuff. So okay, well, I bet you this movie was as long as the tran- transatlantic crossing because it was. It's not that the movie itself seemed long to me because the talking actually should have made it seem longer than it was, um, but the the talking and the dialogue is which is key to this film did not move anything along that's my problem with this so i have to blame that on the plot and uh, there's no place else to put that in this so um yeah the plot's a two oh nicole well i too agree that whatever synopsis you read from is (laughs) absolutely absurd that that is not nothing like what this movie is actually about to me in my head, this movie is about exactly what Mama Kay stated, that Roberta and Alice have had this really bitter falling out because Roberta is pissed off that she used her life as a base of a book and didn't pay her for it. Her most that's, famous book, yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty apparent what the, what the plot to me is, as well as the other kind of side plot that I see is Karen is stuck between wanting to work with Alice and wanting to get her foot in the door somewhere else because she knows Alice is tanking, like, I'm guessing. That's why she was so excited to talk to Kelvin or, or Kevin Kranz, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, the other um, author, Kelvin uh, Kranz, yeah. That's what yeah. I said. Um, the hack. The hack. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the two things I can really gather out of this. Plot-wise, I don't think they're there for enjoyment whatsoever. And the fact that Diane Weiss West West even came on the trip just <laughs> really surprises me too. Because I don't understand what her character had to do with any of this. It's just a strange setup. It really is. I mean, I like the whole idea of this being shot on this ship and this this like adventure, um, because they they literally can't go anywhere. And I think right. it's funny when Roberta literally pa- passes on every attempt for Alice to try to get in touch with her again. <laughs> um, because yeah. she's going to the mask. <laughs> While they're on the ship. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's she's nowhere else to, to be, literally. Yeah. <laughs> These are like all amazing things to do on a cruise ship. So and her outfits are amazing to match oh, yeah. every amazing oh, yeah. thing that she does. So. <laughs> um but that's what drives the plot is is that relationship between those two you know we can get into more character stuff when we talk about it about you know i think there's other characters that work okay but i mean for the for the plot for what it is and her trying to go on her last spirit journey or whatever the fuck she's doing to go get this award is like um so i'm gonna give it like a three. Oh. uh 
This is it, uh, the plot's going to be the low point. There are things I like in this that are going to be more suited in other categories, but it, it, this is a kind of like a cozy, a cozy movie for me. This is like a warm blankety kind of movie for me. I just saw uh, I don't News of the World. How you ever say these things? Like, I don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> well, that people talk about like the thing they just kind of put on to watch, and for you, that's you know, six hundred pound life. We, we were just uh, watching that right before, right before we started recording, because I know that's, that, that's cozy. Like, that's well. I think everyone has their own cozy thing they watch, and I just I was gonna compare. I just saw News of the no, World. I literally uh, put on things that I don't have to watch with my eyeballs the entire time. Okay, <laughs> but my point is like th- this is like what I just put on to just kind of like yeah whatever, just kind of drift off. And like I just want to like feel that the the actors I know and the and the filmmaker I trust and just talking in rooms. Like it's very that that's co- that's my cozy that's my cozy viewing. Um, so it's not, uh, it's, it's not particularly gripping, uh, plot wise. Cause yeah, it's just, it's people talking in rooms other than, other than Alice and Roberta's thing. The only other plot is Tyler, the nephew and Karen's thing. But I mean, you know, Karen kind of using him at first, but not really like just a little bit. And then she kind of backs off and then there's a, well, it doesn't really matter in the end because Al- Alice finds out that the two of them are. To on the ship anyway, and she doesn't even really care. In fact, she invites she she thinks it's good for Tyler and uh, Karen gets invited to dinner with them all. So like you know, right. it's it's all like whatever. And then uh, yeah, the Kelvin Krantz part of part of it all. The yeah, the the I write a hundred books and he's, he's also really writer. creepy. You think oh, he's creepy? I, didn't I find think him he's... creepy at all. Oh, oh I think we're lo- I, because I don't find any of this director's characters genuine in the least bit it actually irritates me quite a bit so no i, I find them <laughs> creepy oh i think they're pretty i feel i i feel like it's really genuine because of the and you didn't you pointed it out when we were watching you're like why is everyone saying um and uh and the uh, uh, oh. like so much i'm like it's because it's they're not sticking strictly to a script they're just kind of talking and leaving Mama Kay said that too and i agree with her well it's it's um it's like the gimmicky choice of like some directors will use like non-actors in like a based on a true story story to try to make it feel more real and then uh you know they're not good actors so it doesn't work it's kind of the same thing like you say you want to like not you the the royal you uh one would say i i wish movies were more naturalistic i wish everything didn't feel so scripted and written and then you get a movie that's not scripted and written that's kind of like this and it's and then you realize you're wrong and you're like oh no i want it to be I want the writing to be so good that I don't notice it's written. I don't want like actual people talking in well, rooms. Well, I'd because, rather watch uh, my six hundred pound life because you can't make that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> I bet. I bet that is more scripted than uh, this movie. Uh, <laughs> I feel but... <laughs> Nicole's Nicole's next pick has just been uh, revealed. Early, re- early four, reveal four of the host from pick. Now. I don't. Yeah. I want to. I want to keep that for myself. My own little treat. <laughs> my, little, my little treat my little um, cozy it, yeah this is this is my little co this movie is a cozy for me uh but that's not like a good plot thing i i think it's there there is a twist reveal at the end like not even bit. i wasn't expecting a twist but there's like a a final thing that happens so we'll get to that when we get to that but i'm gonna i'm i'm not high on the plot either i'll give it like a two five it's meandering it's not really the plot that drives this there are things that I like more about it, so let's move on to these characters. There's the five I already talked about. Uh, Kelvin, yeah, he's the sixth. There's also, uh, 
I don't even want to give his title, but uh, the guy who goes around the ship, the, the the guy who's reading the book by the pool, the, the man Street coming pool. out of the cabin, that man, the man coming out of the cabin. I don't want to give his title because that might give away the end, even though we're right. spoilers. Say, hang on to that a little longer. Um, so yeah, what do you think of these characters? Who's it? It's uh, Nicole's turn. The majority of the characters I like. I I I like the personality that each of them have. Nobody really is too over the top like obviously we know how over the top Meryl Streep can be in her performances but this was even though it was pretentious it was still like toned down because she had that she had that heart that that like she loved her nephew and that was very apparent and I'm glad that they gave that trait to her because I I will forever think of her as the Devil Wears Prada lady like I I'm in her in her acting, I feel like she can be like that all the time. That's your, defi- always, that's your defining streep role. Is yeah, always pretentious and always um, very. I'm I'm gesturing with my hand to go away. If you know what I'm saying, like shoo shoo. <laughs> um, uh, yes, <laughs> you know dismissive. I mean. Very yes. Dismissive. <laughs> it translates very well over audio. Yeah, <laughs> she's very you. She's um, very you know. Here. Can you hear it? And then you just kind of pause. Um. No. So <laughs> Nicole waves hand. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, For the visual impairment. So just that she has this little bit of of real personness to her is so so needed, and I'm glad that they did that. I like the nephew, but I think it was really a poor choice to give him so much freedom to say whatever he wants because he gets to the point of irritation of the alms uh repeating repeating and i don't know if they're if they they obviously kept that in because it adds some some form of character trait to him but for the sake of the movie it was just oh my god just spit it out like shut the fuck up and talk I, I didn't like it. Was it was did he add more than he needed to? Whatever. Roberta was probably my favorite just because she so she was really shocking. Like I didn't expect her to be what she was at the end. Um, I didn't expect her to be looking for something like that that we'll that we'll talk about when we get to the ending. Um, so she was the most surprising, and I liked her a lot. Um, and then everybody else was just kind of there. F- for effect nothing has a really like standout point to me in character wise i think that they all do work together whether i find them annoying or not i can put that aside to realize that um you know i think everybody did act quite well in this so um i'll I'll give it like a 3.5 okay oh um i hate to have to almost 100 percent disagree with nicole on the characters (laughs) that are uh appealing for me um if this gives if this if this gives these actors the chance to sort of show that they can act not just deliver lines in a way that is you know directed to them candace bergen falls 100 percent flat most of the time she comes in every room like a wrecking ball and not in a good way and not in a good way for me. Um, she, it's overdone. It's it's campy. Like what I was saying before about, you know, when she has her different clothing that she's... And I get that that's part of her character. But it's too much part of, like, 
She need uh, there was she needed to hold back a little bit because when you said it was surprised how what she asked for at the end or what she did at the end, I wasn't surprised at all. I felt like that was gonna happen. Something like that was gonna happen. Did you from, see her in, in Book Street. Club? Yeah, I saw part. I saw part of Book Club, and yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. she is the best character in Book Club. She's the same character in Book Club, and but I think delivered that's why better because she's more likable and she's she's more heart of goldy in Book Club. Yeah, so I don't know that it's I don't I I feel for me it was a it was a delivery issue part of the time, uh, and the same goals goes for for Meryl Streep because you're talking about you know the hand waving thing from Devil Wears Prada get away being dismissive. <laughs> In this movie, I wanted to go back to watch it again. I'm not kidding you. Two hours of it again to count how many times she kind of wistfully looks in the air and puts three fingers oh, over well, her mouth and goes, oh, yes. oh, oh. And I wish you could see me now because I'm like doing exactly that. Um, Very visual and, podcast you're doing today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that for me just shows me the struggle that they were having doing this. I'm pretty sure that I would be the same type of person to be going, um, mm, uh, cause I do that in real life. And I recognize that. And I do that a lot on the podcast I've been told. Um, so the person who stands worry, out, I, I edited it all down. So, Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I come off as so much more likable. Um, the person that I think really does a fantastic job is Susan because she comes off as being, um so natural and and like she really is this role and she doesn't and again that's part of the problem with her not having as much to do i mean she's there i think just to be a buffer just to be a peacemaker so that there's not so there's a little bit for so we learn it drives the plot when she's talking with um roberta we find out a lot of information because of the susan character but we don't lend it it doesn't lend a lot we find out things about her that might seem out of character but when you think about it maybe it's really in character that she was a little um free in college and um now she's i don't know i see, i can see where she's really free because we i forgot the part that we meet her son in the beginning and he's basically back living at home at 45 or 50 or whatever and i'm like that's not what you want to happen with your kids um take note yeah so and and Tyler, I wanted to like him because I really like the actor a lot, but it was so painful to watch him stumble across everything. And I didn't buy anything to do with him and uh, Karen, Jimmy Chan's character at all at any time. Uh, she was totally using him um, 100%. And I yeah, think she was a part, part, of a, part of her job at, at what she does at a publishing house is that very thing like that's what she does and and i think she was sort of playing up the other author but i don't know if it was to try to get him to come to her publishing house or whether she was looking to jump ship i mean i would her her boss was like you know if you know if this doesn't work out you know it's on you you're screwed so that's always really nice to hear from your boss so some of the i mean i think the susan character really worked for maybe susan was the only one karen i thought Jimma chan did a really good job as karen i liked her as that character and i liked the creepy other author character i don't have a much to say about the man who came out of the room and the man who was reading by the pool who we'll talk about a little bit later because he doesn't really have a whole lot to add to it um so the characters aren't the strong suit on uh, what is going to happen with this movie. Um, 
but I'm going to give them a little bit better than the plot just because I did have some that I enjoyed. So I'm going to go ahead and give the characters a three. Uh, when it comes to our three leads, I, I couldn't agree more with Nicole because, uh, uh, three leads. The three women. I mean, I the guess women. they're not exactly the oh, three leads. I did, leads not, include Susan that. I did not include Susan. I thought she was terrible. So, yeah, because Susan <laughs> is terrible. Susan sucks. I don't know why Baba K is going on saying. Are you kidding she's me? She's like the most realistic and like most most interesting. Like, no, she she's fucking a Facebook mom. I don't give a shit about Susan. And when she's going she's on not about, a Facebook you know, what the mom. least the mo- no, yes, it, yes, it is. When 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 Alice and Roberta are fighting at the table with their little jabs, which is entertaining to me, and then Susan's like, "You guys are so. You guys have been." holding on to this thing for so long and you're at the end of your lives just let it go and you know what i read today about this article that elon musk was making satellites and i was like i don't give a fuck i like i do not give a fuck about your one scene susan this is so boring susan is so boring like i i bet there was more footage of this and there was more susan stuff and they're like you know what? It's getting, it's running long. It's already an hour and 50 minutes. Just cut all of her plot. I think and, you're like, wrong. It. I think that there was way too much Candace Bergen and way too much Meryl Streep, and they had to cut that shit out. And they, no, they Candace Bergen is the it. best of the three. She's yeah, really oh good. And I like her. I like not. her thing at the end. I'm with Nicole. I didn't see that her, just how uh, sour she would be at the end would, would, I didn't see that common part. That's the you know, most Mar- believable part of her for me, actually. I can believe that of her character, and it's not annoying. I like her attitude, and we get our establishing scenes with our three characters, and hers is the best. Uh, Meryl, Meryl Streep, is, she's not, this isn't my favorite role of hers. I mean, she's, I, I like her in other things more, but uh, her first scene with... Well, I don't want to say it's surprising in, in defense of you know what we're saying. It's not really surprising... But it kind of comes together at the end when you realize, oh yeah, my it's... god, she's just been talking to these dudes because she wants to know how much money they have. <laughs> well, I think well, her story is just the most. I think it's it's not surprising. It's cra- I think it's crafted well. Like it's uh, I I I like you know our establishing scenes with our three people tells me a lot about everybody. Is that Meryl Streep's Alice is meandering and all in her own head and super pretentious and self absorbed. And then Susan is boring Facebook mom and Roberta, like we get her scene in where she's having to take shit from a, from a Karen, not the Karen in the movie, but like a, like the meme Karen in her, in her real, uh, uh, retail job and then when she tells off her boss she doesn't even tell off her boss she's just like oh you gotta deal with it and she walks out when uh with the email thing like i uh, immediately i'm like all right of these three women i like her the most she's she's got a she's got a uh, a toughness to her but not like an in-your-face toughness just like a casualness and then when she's her little scenes are my favorite scenes where she sits at the poker table and she's like kind of giving eyes to this guy and she doesn't even he doesn't even yeah. look at her and she just walks away the guy at the bar selling what the fuck shoelaces. was he even selling shoelaces <laughs> yeah see these are the parts i remember these are the parts that i like where she's trying to like find her her next uh, and then when we find out about her and alice's background and that she you know she the book you know we're in this part of spoilers the first book was about her friend Roberta and it was happening while her marriage was falling apart it sounds like Roberta's always been a bit of a gold digger and Alice has always been uh self-absorbed and horrible and Susan's been you know scrolling through Pinterest or whatever the fuck she's doing uh so you're so wrong about Susan by the way Susan has never had a Facebook not one time She's lame. She's, she likes the hack. She likes the hack oh. writer. She's the one who gets all goo goo over him. 
who I like. I like the hack Susan's writer. Susan's a little creepy. Uh, She's into the into the um, true crime poisoning business <laughs> yeah she's she's i just see it i see her she's she's facebook mom. what is her I, job I get... she's like a um she's an advocate for women for um women who are in jail for killing their spouses basically yeah she has no job she's a fa- <laughs> I, I i i can't even describe her anymore than facebook mom uh lucas hedges oh. i love lucas hedges not in this movie uh i love lucas hedges and yeah, yeah. and he's done so many i of the up and coming actors who've done great movies in the past five years like i think his resume is one of the best is that his so, fault or is that the director's fault i i no i think well i think this is the movie where like you know every everyone gets to say whatever they want and the veteran actors are i think all holding their weight doing uh doing their parts and uh he's a good like he needs lines actor like he needs to get into what his character is gonna be and he needs to like know what's written for him when he's he's not an ad libber he's not an improver and it's very clear uh because he is um not good in this which he's is also not a hair hair comber he does not comb his hair no. one time in this movie uh, maybe is that part of his character Jeb, yeah, yeah of, of the of the karen tyler part Gemma chan carries the carries those scenes uh as best she can i think she's clearly the better acting half in in those um so i i yeah that's that's where i'm at uh the doctor or fuck whatever he's a doctor (laughs) there's a guy the pool guy he's also a doctor but we'll learn more about him later (laughs) i i'm i'm at like a three five for uh these characters i think um no one's blown me away or sticking with me forever these are not unforgettable characters uh but most not most it's uneven performances um but I kind of line up more with Nicole on these ones as far as uh, who I liked and didn't. Uh, visual and sound. Mom, okay. Uh, visual. I'm going to start with Jimma Chan's outfits. Super cute. I loved them. Um, I want to start off on a really positive note because I don't want to give away my thoughts about this movie directly. Um we're already like halfway through, over halfway through. I think we're, you know. I know, but I feel like, yeah, okay, doesn't matter. Um, her outfits were cute, for sure. Lucas Hedges needed to comb his hair. Those are the two things that have to do with them visually. You know, it's it's my kind of movie. They're on a transatlantic, transatlantic crossing. Uh, apparently, this took place on an actual transatlantic crossing, which only lasts seven days. Mm-hmm. So this was filmed over seven days with a bunch of people on the ship that had no idea that they were going to be on a ship with yeah, where they were filming a major motion picture, <laughs> which would be alarming to people. Um, the, the, you know, the, the people on this kind of cruise are generally a little bit older. And I think that that played well into how the whole thing, uh, you know, manifested itself. I thought about and the that. Fact- I saw Lucas and I was like, he must be the youngest one on this right. ship right now. <laughs> and the fact that they were both there was like a saving grace for both of them uh, for, you know, n- for whatever purposes, probably for- also for filming purposes, because they were probably the youngest people on the ship. I, you know, that's right up my alley. I want to see the travel. I want to see all that. You, It wasn't one of those things where you could actually see anything because you're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean for, you know, six and a half of the seven days. Um, but I like the thought. I like the thought of them being on this boat and being uh, and not being able to get away from one another. And I think it's very crafty filmmaking that he that Soderbergh was able to 
make it so the two main characters that were having the rivalry could actually get away from one another, which was the strangest thing. <laughs> because if you've ever been on any cruise, you know that you see the same people over and over yes. again. There might be 5,000 people on the boat, but somehow you see the same three families everywhere you go um, or the same couples or whatever it is. It's the weirdest sensation. Um, and they're the so, ones that you know must share your interests because those are the people you always see, and you're like, Ugh, "Those are the people that share my interests." <laughs> that's, that's a little unnerving, right? I mean, oh, even, if they're at even if they're at the same time that you're at breakfast, even if you don't, you know, if you're not in the casino together or whatever, you're eating breakfast with the same people, and you're like, "How does this happen?" Like, clearly, these are the late risers, you know? These, these are, are the people, people are... my life syncs up with. Like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want everybody else to know on the ship that they're. At that everyone's having these same thoughts. Like I want, I want it to be recognized that that's what's happening. Um, so the travel aspect is really, is really good for me. I think it's interesting the, the way that he, the way, you know, that they're sequestered together. Um, I like that. And I like the fact that I like what he did with, that's a really limited palette. I mean, it's a limited number of places you can go. It's a limited look about things. And it felt there were times when it felt claustrophobic and there are times mainly when they were going down hallways I felt very like this is I'm like I know what's happening here and um but but it also felt you know at times very open and very um you know very inviting and I think I think he's you know I think he's a good filmmaker I don't know that this this experiment worked for him in in the big picture but or it worked for the audience I'm not sure but I um I I like the visual and sound. I always like the soundtracks of a St Steven Soderbergh movie. So this is this is a this is a high mark for me. I'm going to give this a four. What do you got, Nicole? I also really love the idea that this is on the ship. I think that he caught everything so well. Um, I know that the three of us love to cruise, so we're very familiar with how those like ships are set up that it feels like a restaurant feels like a restaurant and sitting in the lounge feels like sitting in a lounge not right, like at the bar yes yeah. and i think that they did a really great portrayal of what a day on a sh on a cruise ship is like because you're literally either sitting in your room reading a book or you're sitting at <laughs> dinner or you're sitting at a lounge or you're sitting in the game room like that's literally all you're doing um so for him to be able to catch different snippets of what you know everyone is doing at the same time but they're all you know having all these feelings like just for example like roberta and susan were talking to that other author up on the pool deck when it was foggy out at the same time that the two young ones were having a drink at the bar the same time that she was swimming the same time that she was doing this and um yeah i like that we could separate everybody but you know this is all in the same day all at the same time and literally thousands of other people are doing these exact same things so these people are not special and that's what i like about them being on this ship it's like you're not special everybody's doing this <laughs> um except meryl streep's uh cabin was pretty bougie. that was amazing yeah pretty extra yeah yeah um <laughs> I guess I didn't realize just how famous she was supposed to be in this. Like, I know she's got the, the Pulitzer Prize, and I didn't know that she was still, like, thriving this much to be able to receive this grand room and 
get all this shit for free. That's crazy. But anywho, all for, all for giving a short talk about yeah, some really obscure some other old author. lady. Yeah, yeah. Well, even the he, she's like a writer's writer because even the hack writer gives that right. big long question thing because like even he like respects her kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that she was actually a known author in the movie and it wasn't like just some has been or someone that's really desperately clawing to get there didn't seem like that which was cool music was interesting the one thing that sticks out in my mind actually is the very end scene and it's this like orchestral like really over the top something or other after what happens to alice and i'm like this is a big contrast (laughs) to what we just watched um it's so got like a, a an orchestral j- jazz bandy kind of sound going throughout the whole thing yeah which like, like lounge music which i thought fit the aesthetic i think well. it really probably fits with the whole ship deal because that's pretty much what you hear around the whole thing anyway. right yeah so i mean it was it was fine i i didn't mind any of it in fact i probably like this category the most of all so i'm gonna i'll give it a four yeah, this is by far and away my favorite part of this. I agree with everything you guys said, and I have even more to add because I really like the visual of this. Soderbergh has the best colors in any movie, like like any director I've seen. Like he makes like lighting and like the way scenes are shaded so so well and like they fit everything so like every time there's a bar scene and they're like the the lighting on the different people's faces like just matches mood like if they're kind of upset there's kind of a reddish orange if it's a quieter like more intimate scene there's like a bluish purple like and and it always fits i think of like a lot of the Gemma chan lucas hedges scenes where it goes from the blustery cold foggy outside and then hey you want to go to the club and then the club scene's very vibrant yeah 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 camera works really good and then bam right to the hallway where they split up and go you know evens or odds and they go to each way and it's like that not fluorescent light because we see the fluorescent light too and it's just but like it's like that um it's that hotel hallway lighting and it kind of has a glare and it's very reddish orange like everything like all the cut like every uh, there's so many scenes in this where i was just like I love the way this looks. I just love how, like it's just like a bunch of paintings in a row, and he does that in everything. All of his the thing I take away from his most is like he makes a lot of different types of movies, but like they, I can tell the look because he has this really good eye for with the camera and the the coloring and shading and of the, of the scenes. So I that stood out a ton to me, and I like the I was gonna mention the the, the orchestral jazzy loungeish music yeah. that's going through the most of this uh, fits atmosphere and tone really well, and that's that's why I think above all is this visual and sound. That's why Soderbergh's kind of like my cozy warm, one of my cozy warm blanket directors. None of his movies blow me away. None of them are in my top like fifty of all time. But like I'm always just like ah, this is just like really really good workman craftsman knows what he's doing. Just telling me a nice little quiet thing going on. And, Warm, warm, cozy blanket. Four or five on the visual and sound. He's, he's. This is, this is his strength, and I, I love it here. Um, <clears throat> so I guess we've danced around this end. Uh, first, no, when they make it across the ocean, first uh, we have uh, the confrontation between Alice and Roberta, and we find that we, you know, they finally air out that yeah, the thing was written about her. She wants an apology, but really, she doesn't just want an apology. She wants some money. Roberta's about the money, just like she's always been about uh, chasing. 
that it's not just it's not just uh, getting a sugar daddy. She wants money in any means necessary. In this case, uh, like you write about me all you want for your sequel. In fact, you know, I'll give you all the things you need. I just want thirty percent of your sales. And mm-hmm. Alice is like, oh, it's not about connecting at all or like getting back to our past. It's about uh, it's about the money to you. And then she says, uh, what was the thing she says? Like, I, I liked you when you were Al, not uh, whoever you are now. Because that is one of the things Roberta and Susan talk about is the, uh, how how she talks weird. How, how, how she's changed. Out of the three of them, people change. She's changed the most since they were all friends. Um, and, then, like and then Alice dies. Sounds like jealousy to me. A little bit. Well, then Alice dies in the middle of the night of a deep vein thrombosis, uh, and we get uh, the 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 man from the pool greets greets Tyler at the door, and he is the doctor. Uh, we already said it, I, I slipped that he was a doctor for. <laughs> he is Alice's doctor. He's been traveling with her, uh, advised against her traveling at all. It's the reason she could have go on the airplane originally, uh, but uh, that's that's why he's been coming in and out of places and going around. And yeah, that's that's our final thing. As she dies in the middle of the night, not our final thing. I mean, we get some some epilogish kind of stuff where mm-hmm. uh, Tyler, Roberta, and Susan go to the grave of Bloodwin Pugh, uh, which has been a whole thing. That's her one of her favorite writers, Alice's favorite writers. What is that uh, all about? Then, Can, are we going to talk about that at all? Like, what is that? What the thirty can. seconds that they stood in front of it and they said, "All right, let's go." <laughs> That's that's about as much as I have to say about it. Like, all right, she had a favorite writer. She wanted to go visit the spot of her favorite writer. I don't know. That's okay. what you wanted. I, I didn't know if there was something deeper that I was missing because I was just like, nobody else cares about this writer that she cares about so much. And I don't know her works. So I don't know if there's a deeper. Mom, okay, if I can story, say anything, but... most of these movies we watch, I always wonder if there's a m- bigger meaning I'm missing because literally none of these <laughs> things ever make fucking sense to me. So could very well be the case, but. Uh, so Karen, uh, epilogue. Uh, uh, Karen maintains that uh, the work is unfinished; it can't be repu- can't be published. When uh, Roberta comes in with the idea of trying to squeeze money out of Alice's corpse, uh, Susan works with Kelvin Kranz on uh, the idea of that uh, poisoning uh, idea that she right. gave to her him on the on the ship. So. They're going to write Kelvin's 500th book or whatever the hell on uh, just another uh, fun mystery crime novel. Uh, and Tyler is, Tyler is the one who gets Alice's unfinished work, goes home to her apartment, uh, has a little uh, recollection of uh, him and Alice on this last trip. And uh, yeah, that's that's the end of the movie. So What happens to the book? He puts he it, puts on, it the shelf. on the shelf. Womp womp. Yeah. Okay. With the other books. Because we still don't books. know what it is. We still don't know what the book is. I'm no. sure it's the second half of Roberta's Residence of Feel. Nicole? <laughs> this movie was fine to watch. <laughs> um, I didn't mind it this one time. And you sound like you're in a Steven Soderbergh movie right now. <laughs> what? Because I'm like, just literally trying to make outline, up my own script. Yeah, there's an outline of a script that you're trying yeah. to play with. That um, that actually probably is the worst part of the whole movie. Is that fucking non-script bullshit that made 
him have to stutter and slur over his (laughs) words for a good portion of an hour oh my god that was such a nightmare and no wonder she didn't want to be with him because she couldn't even talk have a conversation with him he was so dependent on like it was just you could tell when he was talking I don't know what the I don't know what the deal was. He was so over exaggerated when he was talking with Alice, wasn't he? When they were eating breakfast and stuff, and she would say something, he'd be like, oh, "No way!" And I'm like, "What is what is this supposed to be about?" He's so like, you know, trying to be try, he's over animated into her, you know. But he doesn't need to do that because he, uh, uh, Alice cares about him the most. There's no need to impress her there's no need to be on her side to, to gain her good side he's already on it it just doesn't make any did sense did you think to me. he was being disingenuous no i just think that he was being way over exaggerated for no reason and i don't know if that was a choice that they told him to be like that or if that's how he decided to act this film right. but i was not it sort of feels choice. like he chose to play his character this way it and wasn't he just right doesn't feel quite like a real person he feels like uh the imitation of a good person yeah and like so because he's an imitation you're expecting the reveal to be he's not but he's like the best person in this movie so like it just doesn't right. work yeah i agree um that's what i'm fixating on most so if that can give you any indication of what my feeling is towards this movie i'm just so stuck on it that it, the rest of it just kind of fades behind me but i don't think i really missed anything to be honest with you so i'm gonna give it a I'm going to give it a 2.5, I think. Mom, okay. I'm going to agree with Nicole on the the problem with the movie, and we've talked about it the whole time, is the um, the improvisation of the of of acting. Uh, it's too it's too wishy washy. I can't again with certain characters. I can't discern whether or not it's uh, the character or whether it's their acting of the character particularly in tyler and and roberta for me because both of them just seemed really uh, off kilter and off-putting in their in their acting and that's a downside for me but i do like the thought and premise of this movie and i like the way that it's done and i really honestly might watch it again to count the times meryl streep touches her lips yeah because oh, I think to that get that's... more in depth with it or something. No, <laughs> it's a bitch. He's not going to watch this again. What the fuck? Why think... would you watch this again? Do you I might watch that... this again. <laughs> Do you think that if they, if you didn't know that this was a mostly ad libbed script and that they were just kind of going off the the vibe, do you? If you didn't know that, would you think that this is how it was supposed to be written and you would have liked it more? Okay, so full disclosure. I had no idea that that's what was happening in the yeah, movie Brennan, when I was watching Brennan it. Yeah, Brennan fucking ruined it for me halfway through and told me that. So then I figured okay. and watched the rest of it. I mean, ruined. Yeah, because I could have just a, taken it as this is the direction they wanted to go, where everybody was just. Um, yeah, it is the direction they wanted to go. They wanted to go with this direction. But I think you have, yeah, Nicole's right that you have a different flavor if you have that information before you start the film. So I didn't have that information, and I was trying to think of. Why is this movie such a wordy bitch? And this makes so much sense. <laughs> well, do you once... like it more knowing or not knowing? No. I feel like if I didn't know, I, I would be more annoyed. I don't know. I was I I don't know. I don't know if I would have been 
No, I think I would have been mad at it because I think I, then I would have thought it was pretentious and trite. So I, I think if I knew it going into it, I would have started off already mad. Yeah, and you that know these people have... are trying so hard to friggin' make it work for themselves. They don't have anything to go off of. And then this is what they came out with. All right, yeah. I'll try not to reveal anything. I'm the other way. I like knowing more, not more about like what the movie's about, but knowing about like, you know, the making of the thing going in. Like I like having that, that creation piece behind it no i'm gonna confess that a lot of times once we finish reviewing a movie regardless of whether i liked it or not i do have a compulsion after we we talk about it and now after there's a lot more revealed about production and uh things like that that i am more interested in going back and watching it again with that my uh, di- not that mindset but just a totally different mindset mm-hmm. to see how um how i would react to it you know having information or knowing certain things or talking out certain plot points or character attributes or whatever uh once we talk about it so i think that first of all i think it's important that you know our listeners have seen the movie before listening to (laughs) listening to our podcast not just for plot reasons and spoilers but just because maybe you like to watch things more like i do in an esoteric manner where you're just you you know you think you know what this movie is going to be and then you go into it and sometimes it's not what that what it is and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing and sometimes it's just a different thing um and i think that's this is one of those cases where it's a different thing yeah in essence i i i enjoy this so i think that resonance and feel for me are kind of kind of high surprisingly it's going to be a four no <laughs> cool, disgusted. Are we, are we done yet? I want to go. Got to go finish my six hundred pound life. No. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm lightly teasing. Lightly teasing. Uh, I, I, this is. I, I don't have much more to add to what I said earlier. Actors I know, director I trust, warm, cozy blanket. That's the kind of movie this is for me. You know, dialogue's not always doesn't always work, but there's enough like parts in here that I enjoyed. He makes such good-looking things that I enjoy looking at them. Um, I would, so I would never form over substance. Well, not all, not always, but I think form as a you know movie. It's just, it's a vi- visual and sound medium. You know, it's not always it's not always just about a plot and like how well a story. I agree. Executed, Sti- I, I agree. That's what style, saves this film is the good. style is the stylistic. It is. Imagine, leanings imagine this if this were shot like, um, I mean, we just did Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and then earlier we did uh, Boys in the Band. Those are two movies that are based on plays, and they are shot like plays, and they are yeah. pretty boring because of it. Like, not there, there's still good acting in those. There's good writing and good scenes, but because it's so stagey, it's so boring. This is the other way where, like, you might not like the uh, the style of all the improvisation. These characters are not the stickiest. I'm not going to remember any of these people in a couple months, probably. But I enjoyed my time with it because it looks it looks really good. He makes he makes just really good looking things. So it's a, it's an enjoyed while I was there. Not much stick. So that's like a three, I think. And we're at the end here. So let's start with well, okay. You going to recommend let them all talk? Oh man, this is on on the liners. Well, because so much talking, and I feel like, especially now in our world, that's all there is is talking and looking at people, and it's kind of. I mean, the movie is kind of like watching a Zoom because everyone's stumbling and nothing's clear, and (laughs) you know, sometimes the video quality. pops out that didn't happen in here but uh the audio yeah 
yeah, I'm probably going to recommend this movie. I think that I know people that will enjoy it and not really care so much about um, sort of the peccadillos that I have with the character, the way that the characters are represented. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to recommend this movie. But, and, I, and I have a question. Why did she ask them on this ship? Why did she ask them on this particular journey? She knows she's going to die and they're her only friends. Nicole, do you have a different thought? Um, I'm think I'm thinking. Um, and I, I really don't think that there is another reason unless she was so she so badly wanted someone to see her succeed that she needed these people to come watch her get this award. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she has two friends, they're old, she never talks to them because she doesn't have any modern friends, and she has her nephew that she has a good relationship with. Like those are the only people in her life I'm I would assume. Yeah, that's really sad. I think I think the same thing, but I also think that yeah. why, why did she have that want to have the conversation though with Roberta? Then did she did she was she Just going to apologize get it off of herself? It's like yeah, like if she knows she's gonna die, she wants to make peace, but she's still not the kind of person to do that. Yeah, no, she so wasn't she willing. Like... She wasn't going to apologize. That was never going to happen. So what is that? You know, she just wanted well, to that's, feel that better. Last that scene. wasn't going to happen. Well, that last scene, she was like, "What do you want? Like, why did she asked? Why did you accept? Like." She's like uh, the kind of person who obviously would never reach out. It doesn't sound like she ever has. So yeah. when she, so but she chooses to because she knows she's gonna die. It's I I kind of relate to that. Like I'm not the I'm not the I'm the introvert person. I don't usually reach out to people. I like seeing people, but uh, I'm not the initiator. So you know I understand not being the initiator and having a hatchet you want to bury, but not actually you don't want to do the lead, but you have to start it off. You know it makes sense to me. Yeah, but why didn't she come out swinging with the apology? She never. She didn't. Because she's not that kind of person. She's like, oh, come on. Her, yeah, so her thing's like. Flat. Uh, that falls a little flat for me then. Oh, it's like, all right, you're here. I'm taking you on this big trip. So do you have anything you want to say to me? It's that kind of thing. <laughs> I understand that. I, if, I if, was if I want to so make up. I relate to that. Like, I can't no, on any just, level. You're just digging the whole worse, Brennan. Like, it's over. This No, no if I want to make up with someone who I think was in the wrong or, like, I feel like we both have a blame, but I don't want to be the person to say I'm sorry first, I could see myself doing that. It makes sense to me. Yeah, I... Nicole, are you going to recommend Let Them All Talk? No. Uh, I'm going to soft recommend it. Soft recommend because it's soft like a warm, cozy blanket. Uh, this is my warm, cozy movie. <laughs> so two very light recommends, one no from Nicole. Uh, and that is <laughs> Let Them All Talk. And uh, we got a couple more 2020 movies coming up in a little bit. But that's our last one before our 2020 end of the year show, our top fives of the year. Yes. So it's going to be fun. That'll be coming up soon. <laughs> Shit, Christ. <laughs> I said yikes. Yikes. Oh, yikes. I thought Nicole said Christ. No, I, I didn't. Oh. Up. <laughs> same, same. I was just thinking My how bad. this wasn't going to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do our top fives. We'll probably have a couple other, you know, things to talk about. Least favorites. Uh, maybe uh, talk about some of the other non-movie things we saw that are worth talking about but uh end of the year show that'll be the next episode then we're gonna round out with a few more 2020 movies before we get back into listener suggestions and movies that have been delayed by pandemic stuff hopefully will be coming out in the first quarter of the year if you have recommendations for us or want to reach out with anything else films with the women in my life on facebook reach out to me on instagram and check out our instagram tournament going on for 2020 movies I am Brennan underscore pod host. 
Email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. And we are also on Twitter at filmswomenpod. Thank you, guys. We'll let them all talk. Yeah. Thanks. Till next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening. Enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.